0: of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. You really couldn't ask for a better start to your week than the one you got this week. Wake up on Monday morning to a whole bunch of good news, Moderna, symbol mRNA, they announced very positive results from its first human trial of its experimental COVID-19 vaccine. Not only did the vaccine lead to the creation of antibodies, but the vaccine also kept the virus that causes COVID-19 from replicating in the lungs of mice. So now that moves on to phase three trials. And you might have seen last week on Friday, that another company, Sorrento Therapeutics, they go by symbol SRNE, they made the bold claim that they had discovered a new antibody treatment, which displays 100% inhibition of the COVID-19 virus in lab settings. Not the real world, mind you, but in a lab. Well, at least they haven't Taken into the real world yet. And I did some digging here. Apparently, the company had been working reporters a few days before the announcement, giving them embargo talking points before the CEO went on TV on Friday. You mix that claim together with a dose of TV, and the effects were more contagious than the virus itself. The stock ended up jumping about 165% on trading of 500 million shares. That's well above the average daily turnover of eight and a half million shares. And turns out, lucky for Sorrento, that they had filed a shelf registration about three weeks ago, allowing them to sell $250 million worth of stock into the open market from time to time. I imagine they took advantage of the share price jump to sell some stock. I wouldn't be trading these stocks on guessing who's going to get the vaccine or cure first. Now, in addition to all the good news on the virus front, on Sunday, the chairman of the Federal Reserve suggested the possibility of more monetary stimulus to fight the economic crisis. And I don't think this was a big surprise, but it's always nice to hear. In an interview on 60 Minutes, the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, said that despite the plethora of steps the central bank has taken to prop up the economy, he said, we're not out of ammunition by a long shot. The Fed could enlarge its lending programs or even start new ones. He also said, and I'll note this, there's really no limit to what we can do with these lending programs that we have. And I chuckled to myself because I saw a legendary hedge fund manager say that the market looks expensive if the Fed were to step back. I'd agree, but the Fed isn't going to step back. If you listen to last week's show, I titled it Fully Committed. And that's just what the Fed and the Treasury are, fully committed to backstopping the economy. You know, this reminds me a lot of what things looked like in 2009 during the financial crisis, except this hit faster and harder. And the response by the Fed and the Treasury has been multiples of what it was back then. I guess what I'm saying is in a couple of years from now, we could be looking back at this and saying, you know what? That was a great opportunity. That's really how we should be thinking about this. What are things going to look like in two or three years, not what it's going to look like tomorrow or the day after? And I'm talking from an investment standpoint. If your time frame is less than 3 years, you shouldn't be invested because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. My guess, and that's exactly what it is, a guess. In the short term, we've had three decent pullbacks, decent being 5 to 7%. Three decent pullbacks here lately, and I think that's healthy. The market can't go straight up. We'd like it to, but it really can't. So, We've had three decent pullbacks consolidating the big gains that we've had off the March 23rd lows. And my guess is that now we'll stay in this consolidation range. Earnings seasons is in the rearview mirror. All the economic data that's coming out is backward looking. So we know it's just going to be awful and probably not going to hold a lot of meaning for us. So I think it'll be, I think from now it'll be the technicals that drive the market in the short term. And I think we'll trade in between the 50-day moving average and the 200-day moving average on the S&P 500 as we consolidate more. And that's roughly a 10% range between 2,700 and 3,000. Again, that's on the S&P 500. The stocks that have been doing the best have been the tech names, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, you know them, you know the names. And you throw in a couple of the healthcare names too. All that makes sense, right? These are the stocks that are still growing despite the challenges that we have. Outside these names, the market has in large part, well, just been kind of grinding away here lately. As the world starts to look a little bit better to people, I think you'll see more of a re-rating in other areas outside of tech and healthcare. Believe me. I'm going to hold on to my Apple and my Google and my Amazon. But I think that over the next two to three year period, that I think you have much more upside in other areas. Basically, the more it's gone up, well, the less it can go up from here. And the more it's gone down, well, the more upside you have. And it goes without saying that I'm not looking at questionable businesses that may or may not make it through this, but I'm looking at the more high quality names that are still beaten down. And if you don't own a bank or two, I think that would be a place I'd look. The banks have just been hammered. And really, that's understandable. Banks borrow money short term and lend it out longer term. Basically, they sell things like CDs at a half a percent and then lend that money back out in a mortgage, you know, paying them three to four percent. The difference between the half percent they borrow at and the 3% they lend is called the net interest margin. And of course, these are just examples, not actual numbers, but that difference between what they borrow at, the CD rate and the mortgage rate, you know, maybe they make 3%. That's called the net interest margin. And right now, with interest rates so low, it's a tough way to make a living. On top of that, you're going to have a rise in borrowers who are either out of business or unemployed and they can't pay back their loans. So the banks are going to have more losses and they're going to have to set aside more for reserves. It's a it's ugly for them. That's not to mention all the talk of negative interest rates. And I don't think we'll see negative interest rates, at least I I hope we don't. And let me circle back to the Fed Chairman's comments over the weekend where he said, he doesn't see much benefit in having them. If you have negative interest rates, it's going to hurt the banks even more, and that's not something I think we really want. We're relying on them to lend, and if you can't earn any, earn anything by doing it, or you're even risk losing money, they simply aren't going to do it. We need the banks to be the transmission mechanism for credit. If you're like Peter Lynch and you're looking at stocks for the long run. I think you should look at the banks. My favorite over the last few years has been US Bank Corp, simple USB. I think it's one of the highest quality one if not the high quality uh, highest quality one out there. I think they have a strong business model that doesn't just rely on lending. They have a wealth management division and a payment services business that combine those two account for about 40% of their revenues. So it's not just lending and net interest margin. They have other revenue uh, sources. Right now, U.S. Bancorp trades at about 1.4 times tangible book value, which is above the other big banks, but they've always traded at a premium just because of their, their business model and the different revenue streams. More importantly, though, is that that's about half of what they traded at. Before the crisis took hold, if they can get back to where they were a few months ago, well, that's a pretty healthy gain. And I will say that the stock is trading at about $33 now and it's paying north of a 5% dividend. The dividend is nice, really nice, actually, but I wouldn't buy it for the dividend. The Treasury oversees the banks and the Treasury may say, you know, times are tough and you need to preserve liquidity so stop paying your dividend. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it could. So I'm a buyer of USB, but not for the dividend. As I said last week, right now what I'm most interested in in is what I call the long-term compounders here. And I mentioned McDonald's uh, symbol MCD last week, which is one that you might want to take a look at. And I'll even throw in Starbucks symbol SBUX to that. I think that Starbucks has more of a defensive quality than people really give them credit for. Okay. I've run out of time. We won't be back next week. We're heading into the long weekend with Memorial Day on Monday. So we're going to take a break next week. We'll be back the week after that. That is unless something really big happens. But until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman and this is Common Sense Investing. Okay, you've listened to the show now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML financial group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.